0: Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic University Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony the third, and we are continuing our coverage of the Disney Plus series, She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. Happy to be back for another episode. And we are a returning panel of three. First, the super <laughs> producer, Jake Christie, is in the house. Jake, how are you?
1: I'm doing exactly as well as I was doing last week, because only minutes have elapsed. That's the magic of podcasting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and... And returning that laugh you hear in the background is Rachel Leishman <laughs> of the Mary Sue Padre Pascal. Rachel, it's it's a pleasure to have you back for another episode. How are you doing? It has
2: been so long. Um, I think <laughs> we stopped recording at like seven fifty nine. It's now seven or it's eight oh eight. So like mm-hmm. much time has passed.
0: Oh um. man, it, eons, <laughs> eons. Uh, time, time is a time is a flat circle. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. But let's get into this episode of She-Hulk, episode two, a little bit on the shorter side, it's a nice, tight, tidy 28 minutes and mm-hmm. general thoughts as we move away from what was the heavy intro stuff with Bruce and Jen to a full on Jennifer Walters story, which I really like and I really enjoy. If you can, Rachel, give me your general thoughts on this this second episode.
2: I liked it. I think it's fun. I mean, it further just set the tone of like, no, the show's funny and like lighthearted. So like these characters are in a different kind of, not mindset but a different vibe than we last saw them. Like I loved Tim Roth in this so much. Mm -hmm. Um, I love Tim Roth in general but like
1: Mm -hmm.
2: him as uh, the abomination like being all zen with the, mm-hmm. the, uh, I just <laughs> yeah. I, I love it so much. Um I think it's fun. I think it is a smart way of doing this show, making it I guess it's a per it, it's a procedural but like sort of. It's like it's just yeah. like everything has it's like a. it's very episodic in a way that mm-hmm. like the rest of the MCU all ties together and is like one big flowy thing, and this is very much like you could probably watch this on its own, and not really need to like go and rewatch the rest of it later if you wanted to or whatever yes. your mm-hmm. viewing pleasures are. And so I really kind of liked that. I think it's fun, short, sweet,
1: and a cute little episode. Mm-hmm.
0: I have, I have, a I have a point I want to make on your point in a sec, but Jake, give me your your general well, thoughts on this. Episode. I was gonna say,
1: AC, what I've what have I been asking from Marvel Cinematic Universe TV? for this entire time just give me some episodic stuff i feel like in this age of prestige tv everything is this has to be one arc over eight episodes no some tv is fun and light and isn't isn't so it just procedurals get a bad name because they're only made by cbs and only your mom and grandmother watches them but like they can still be good (laughs) if they're done well and i think that this has a lot you know, and, um, you know, Rachel, you mentioned that they met, that the creators talked about it um, when we were talking last week, that it's inspired by like something like Ally McBeal, which is not a straight up, like, case of the week procedural, but it is, like, light and is not as demanding on every storyline, and I think that that's a good way to go, because it does differentiate it from the previous Marvel TV stuff, and I really like that this episode was about, it furthered the clear narrative through line of the show of Jen Jennifer's tough relationship with both being she-hulk being perceived as she-hulk and what she-hulk can do for her and those three things are the things that you're kind of keeping track of and this was a very fun way of subverting it in some ways and that like she's afraid that she's gonna be shunned because she's she-hulk and in some way she is in some way she isn't so there's a lot of different things going on um in that, and that it keeps it complicated and interesting and that's a lot of comedy
0: i like both of your points and i would say like as far as this show And what I've seen to this point is, there is a lot of, while it's comedic in tone and everything like that, I would also say, like, again, it's a very character-driven show. And I think that's kind of, that's what you want. You want the character-driven show, and to Jake's point, as far as the the long arcs and stuff like that, this is, like, perfect in terms of of it not being that yeah, you can pump in your, your little story here and kind of build on it uh, in in certain pieces. But it doesn't have to be what these things normally are. And I do think there is a freshness of this show. This show feels fresh, hot and fresh out, out of the bakery, man. And that's why like, I'm really enjoying hmm. the vibes and, and digging everything that's happening so far. So I enjoyed this episode again. I think to Rachel's point, Tim Roth is this version of him. And I mean, I mean, I think back to the, the incredible Hulk and I was like, Oh my gosh, it's is a different person. It's a different, there's a way different character. And I like, and I like the flip on that and, and everything that's going on there. I, we, we get a, a little bit of a, a, uh, an answer to a question that I've been having for months uh, about the whole Shang Chi thing, which we'll get to a little bit later. But in terms of, advancing MCU plot outside of Jennifer, but then also advancing her story, which is just central to her story is, is really what I enjoyed about this episode so far. But so let's kick it off. She Hulk is very, very popular as mm. she, she took care of Titania in the courtroom and she heads to the bar and Jennifer is just Jennifer, but Nikki's like, "Hey, they want to see She-Hulk, so, so, so do the transforming thing," and and she does do that. So everybody's obviously excited to see her. We get, we, but unfortunately, at the same time, even though we do have a, a little bit of a, a back and forth between her and Dennis again, as Dennis, uh, mm-hmm. AKA, aka Mr. Misogyny, shows up uh, once and once again. It's just a, an incredibly wonderful person to hate. Is I I just, I just like he's such a he just he just he, he oozes grease. It feels like he's he just uses, so greasy.
1: He oozes like I just know that if you go into his Reddit comment history you're going to see some subreddits that aren't going to make you happy. You know what I mean? It's just like, "Oh, <laughs> just like that." Like you know damn well that he's writing posts about how like, you know, the She-Hulk is the next example of, you know, the feminist taking over. And you know what the great thing about that is that she's should kick kick his ass and hell yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Rachel, what do you think of Dennis? He's 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 such a piece of work.
2: <laughs> I mean, like everyone knows a guy like that, I guess. Not like not of their own volition They just like no. have dealt with someone like that, mm-hmm. um, whether in real life or on the internet. But like I do like that the show makes him a caricature and like he is no like because I, I feel like it's not me, I hope it's intentional but I like that he feels so kind of one-dimensional and fake that it's mm-hmm. like yeah congrats that's what like women get in most of these things so like now that's you Dennis and I kind of like it I think it's fun I think he sucks so bad mm-hmm. that uh and and it's like paired with like very like well thought out nice dudes on this show because like I love their friend in this, it, uh, that we meet later in this episode, I love him. I love like other dudes on this show, but just Dennis sucks so, so bad,
0: so bad. And, mm.
2: it, it, and they give him no redeeming qualities, and I love mm. it.
0: Oh, yeah, it's, it, 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 it's great stuff. So, so Jen obviously is celebrating and she's having some drinks and stuff, and it's easier to have drinks as a Hulk because you can, uh, you know, maintain mm. at least a, a piece of that sobriety, but then. Her boss mm-hmm. comes in, and uh, he feels uncomfortable, so he asks her to change back into Jen, and so she's mm-hmm. a little she's a little drunk. She's, when
1: she, she's at that Reese Witherspoon, don't you know who I am level. She is completely <laughs>
0: sauced. <laughs> she's very, very saucy. And her boss says that, hey, I, I appreciate what you did. I thought you argued a great case, and also appreciate what you did saving all those people, but... A mistrial was declared, and w- basically we we didn't win it. We we didn't win the case. Bottom line, so well
1: they have to retry it. They have to retry it. And the thing is, I will say because this is I didn't do it for a first episode, but there's going to be some legal analysis because whatever. I did mock trial in high school. We made it to fifth in the state. It's wherever, I don't still think about it. But the thing is that they Make actually sure you would put definitely booze need to,
0: for your, put booze for you. I'm going to. Here. I'm
1: going to. I know how to undercut <laughs> myself. I've been doing it for four and a half years. Thank you very much. But. <laughs> The thing is, they absolutely would have to call this if if the lawyer from one of the sides saves the lives of all the people on the jury. Like that just is a mistrial. Like I, it sucks, but it is. Like it's not like because even because <laughs> if they were losing that case and she saved right. all the lives, the jurors would definitely still rule in their favor, and that's not how the law works. Because then the good thing is, I, maybe I'm just c- conspiratorial, but you know damn well that the system would like start you know railroading people by like if the prosecution was losing a case, they'd like hire a guy to like you know pull, hold the jury at gunpoint, and then the lawyer would dive in the way and be like. Uh-huh, huh, you're going to rule for us? <laughs> so it has to be mistrial. It's unfortunate, but it is what it is.
0: And, I mean, you know, I don't know okay, that she ahead, has Rachel. to
2: lose her job in the... Pro- oh, the thing that no, sucks that is, is like, fair. that she has fair. to lose her job, that he's like, you're a liability, bye. And it's like, she didn't really do anything. She just was helpful.
0: Yeah, I th- yeah, it sucks, man. But, you know, unfortunately, is the as Bruce said, and... And I I do I do have to add I didn't I didn't say this in the first episode. I did not say this in the first episode, but let's be real as Bruce being the person who is trying to tell somebody, hey, this is how things are going to be and then the per the other person, the presumably younger person does not listen to said advice that is a oh, sign no. of no. no. hashtag washed agenda just so just wanted to make sure that washed agenda makes it into the second episode of the show. I and, thought uh, it. Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: a young female protagonist. I was, I was, this,
0: I was, I was having a great time talking with Rachel. So I forgot about, <laughs> I forgot about hashtag wash agenda. But we have to make so sure that it makes stop. an appearance.
1: It has to. Make all sure. he talks about is how washed he is, and he's in his mid thirties. It's really just like a, it's just, it's just, a, it's, it's a sickness. But the thing that I will say is, I'm just embracing
0: uh, who I am. That's all. I, I don't, I don't know what this sickness. I is will say,
1: about. I'm not really surprised. That she got fired because let's be honest. Let's remember yes. we are talking about the L.A. County District Attorney's Office. You know they don't have the best <laughs> reputation in the world. Uh, last time I checked, O.J. is still living in Florida free, so I'm just not really trusting them when it comes to anything. That's just a joke that I thought of about a minute and a half ago, and then I said anyway. Keep going.
2: We're waiting for the opportunity. <laughs> I mean, I,
1: that's
0: I've that's waited. Cheating. I've waited for.
1: I've waited for longer for worse jokes. So.
0: so you know in the midst of all this there's a montage on tv of of them talking about jennifer and her she-hulk exploits and i just love the interview that they do with with homie at the beginning of the episode where he goes this chick pretty decent turned into a chick hulk
2: (laughs) and then the the announcer goes a she-hulk and like i was just like ah, it's i do like that like Pulling from the first episode, he was like, "Yeah, I'm Smart Hulk." I didn't come up with the name, and then it comes back into this episode where she's like, or he's. I think Bruce even says to her, "Like, you don't have control over what they decide to mm-hmm. name you." And so when she's like, "I don't want to be she," like, "No, can you come up with anything else other than <laughs> She Hulk?" They're yeah. like, "Nope, that's your name now."
1: It's. I'm glad that they hit hit it head on because that was my immediate hesitation about the show because She Hulk looks sounds dated even for when it came out. Like, Shiloh sounds like what they would call it if it was in the 50s. And so I like that it is, like, uh, that it is part of the show. And it's something that I've even heard Tatiana Maslany talk about. That, like, you know, it, it it is kind of... It makes you feel like,
0: oh, this is uh, outdated. Yeah, but, like, that rough. is...
1: That's, that, it turns <laughs> the context into text, which is something I'm always a fan of.
0: Yes, of course. And... So once Jen gets let, let, let go, she she tries to get another job, but we get a job interview montage of things not going well and that's uh, that's unfortunate. I think there's a, there's a there's a good duality of not only the hero aspect, but the woman aspect of trying to get a job that you're very qualified for, but they don't give you the job. I think that I think that was, that part of it was well done too. and even though you do the right thing, it costs you, and this is what Jen was talking about with Bruce in episode one, and that that uh, that that part is always interesting. And then what we finally get after this montage is we we get a family meeting. We get to meet Jen's family, and they are they are quite they are quite the intriguing bunch. Uh, Rachel, this this family dinner was so much fun for so many reasons. If you could pick out a couple of things that stood out to you, what did you like the most?
2: Um, I love her weird cousin who
0: mm-hmm.
2: has a job I th- at like an appliance store or, something, or like a Best Buy or something. He's such yeah. a bro. And, He's
0: such a bro. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and her aunt being so passive aggressive. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, employed and get like just like that comment I loved because I was like, oh, you always have that person who's mm-hmm. just like, Oh, because it's like, it doesn't matter what you do. There's always like that one person who's like, you could be doing better. Right. And that was like her aunt. And I was just like, I loved mm-hmm. that. Um, I love her dad, who is just like, I love my daughter. She turns green. She rules. Which mm-hmm. I think, I can't remember if it's the dinner or later in the episode where he's like, we've already dealt with a Hulk in the family. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that he's like, it's fine. This has already happened once. Um. And yeah, like I just, I love, I think just that how mean that aunt is.
1: Oh my I'm God. I'm
2: like, oh yeah, I can relate to like that lady who's like, I'm going to say things and seem like I'm being helpful. I'm like, and, well, you're and, not. and the thing
1: is, and I'm genuinely not thinking of anyone specifically, but it does feel like both in just families generally that the aunt who is most like sniping at, like the younger generation has the kid that is the biggest fuck up. <laughs> like it really is like the like it's like yeah, she might be unemployed now but she did go to law school and was previously a district assistant district attorney. Like I'm pretty sure that she's fine. Um but I I do like that they do have other than her that she has a relatively healthy family life because I think in some situations like this, like in a show like this, she already has enough issues and I think that it would be distracting if like her family wouldn't accept her. You know what I mean? Like it would kind of supersede a lot of the other issues that the show's trying to talk about and so like i like that it's like you know what she has a hard time at work she has a hard time with social relationships she has a hard time with romantic relationships but she doesn't need to have the extra problem of her family like that is a thing that can be easy for her because not everything needs to be crashing down on her at once and i was just like a supportive dad that makes me happy all the time because my dad's always been supportive and that makes me feel good you know it's, yeah uh... <laughs>
0: Shout out to the dad played by Mark Lynn Baker. Anybody who's of, uh, of uh, I would say, either my age or anybody who used to watch the 90s TV, uh, Perfect Strangers. Well, what you call mm-hmm. it, that, the homie from there. And then also, 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 also. Because I had a... I just want to say that the washed agenda that I mentioned earlier in the episode mm-hmm. counts as episode one. But mm-hmm. oh, in episode no. two hashtag washed agenda when her dad says so that hawkeye guy when he shoots these arrows does he go around and collect them <laughs> absolutely <laughs> hashtag wash agenda that is just tremendous tremendous i mean stuff. i think
1: i thought you're gonna say the chore stuff that that's like you need something that, you know
0: Actually, oh I, I, no i
1: think i think being washed is like pulling many muscles trying to do it yourself. Be like, no, I got all these. I got all these water bottles.
0: Part, part of a, I mean, Wash is a, it's a state of being. Like it's, it's when you talk about <laughs> pop culture stuff, not knowing who the, the new rapper is that the kids are talking about. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's stuff like, and it's stuff like that. Does it, a, a question like asking if Hawkeye picks up the arrows after he shoots them. is just tremendous. I, I, I had so I much mean, enjoyment it makes out of that.
2: Because does he? Yeah, I
1: I know. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them have like dangerous tech on them. Like some random street criminal is going to get like a pimp particle because he forgot to pick up his arrow.
2: Well, I, I like that. I like now I'm thinking about it, I'm like what if it was just like he went like this and like had a button and he pressed them. So you're just standing on the street and all these arrows start flying and you're like, where'd that come from? And it's just <laughs> all going back to his little thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so Jen and Jen and her dad have a, have a talk in the garage and and her dad checks in on her and asks if, asks if she's okay. And Jen is like, you know, I'm okay, but not okay at the same time, which I think is mm-hmm. like, a, it's a very healthy way of talking. Like, I'm, a, but I'm okay with not being okay is what she says. So mm-hmm. she says she's going to figure out her situation and, uh, you know, they'll deal with it. But to your points uh, earlier about being uh, the supportive dad, it is cool to see that healthy family structure there as well. But so Jen... Is back at the bar, and we get an introduction to a Mr. Holloway of GLK and H. And Mr. Holloway wants to give Jen a job, and mm-hmm. Jen and, and Jen uh, can now get some drinks. She can get some more drinks and mm-hmm. and uh, and work for this law firm. Which uh, should be interesting to see as she, as Mr. Holloway, leaves out a couple of details uh, as Mm -hmm. per usual with these with these jobs. All Jen is worried about is making sure that she can hire Nikki as her paralegal. But um, there's some other stuff that comes. Great friend.
1: Great. Let's just say great friend. All time gal pal. Shouts to to Jen, you know, getting her. She she lost her job and it ended up getting her best friend a better job. That's friend. That's a friend is what that
0: is. (laughs) yeah absolutely absolutely so she begins to she begins work and she and she goes in uh she's excited for her first day but mr holloway tells her that hey you're gonna have to transform into she-hulk because you are heading up our superhuman law division which is something that he did not mention previously and is a unfortunate thing for jen because i think this is where the dual identity thing becomes Mm -hmm. something that we can begin to follow as these episodes go along and what this all means, because I'm sure Jen wants to get things done as Jen, but the world is going to want to see her get things done as a Hulk. And that part of it is going to be interesting to examine, examine going forward. Uh, Rachel, what, what did you think of, of this scene? Because I think, it was very instructive. Again, when we talk about character development and this being a character driven series, as far as the type of difficulties women face generally, even if they don't have superpowers.
2: But yeah, and I think I like this scene a lot because I like that Nikki was there to be like, yeah, but you have a job and you were making a lot of money. Because I think, like, there's a lot of. Things where you're like, I don't want to do this. This feels bad. I don't want to be that person. But I like that her friend was like, no, no one else was hiring you. Like, come down to earth like you're doing this job. And so I like both sides of it where it's like, oh, yeah, I don't know that we can trust this guy who clearly only hired her because she is a superpowered lawyer. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, I do like that her friend is like, yeah, but just use use the money. Like what? What are you doing? And so mm-hmm. I like yeah. that kind of balance of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. And Jake, how about you? Seeing how this uh, this scene plays out and how it fits into the overall theme.
1: So a thing that I was kind of always on um, a certain side about was that there was some discussion when the show was first being made that like they should have cast someone who was like bigger than Tatiana Maslany uh, to make like the uh, the character more muscular and this and the other. And I think that there's some merit to that. Uh, but I think I think that this really what I think they were hoping to do and I think they do really well is I think it is actually kind of vital in the story they're trying to tell to have someone who is so small because the transition is so stark. And I think that while I can't fully comprehend what all of the metaphorical stuff is because I've never been a woman in the workplace, but there clearly is some type of <laughs> I, I don't know why I said that so matter of factly when it obviously was you know stupid, but that it uh, <laughs> there, cl- there clearly is a sort of thing going on about someone who has, while she's distinguished herself with her work, has never been the center of attention merely because she blends in and having to not blend in. And what does that mean? What does it mean that all the eyes are on you when you don't really necessarily like the attention? And I think that that is something that is achieved so starkly because Tatiana Maslani is someone who would just get lost in a crowd because she's like five foot two. And then you have six foot seven She-Hulk uh, who, you know, is, uh, you know, trying, she's, you know, DMing members of the LA Sparks to try to find out who makes their clothes, you know. um, That was the thing I thought of when I was watching the episode of where she's going to get her pantsuits, and then I got to that. Uh, I don't know. I, I have a broken brain. But I think that there's just a lot of, there's a lot of, it's not one-to-one things like, this is a representative of this and the other. But I think there's a lot of interesting things about being seen and being w- worthwhile and things that I think a lot of people deal with with imposter syndrome, like do they want me just because X or Y? But obviously with women, it's significantly more because I think there's a million more reasons that society tells you that you don't belong or whatever. So I think that it's really nice to have that be represented with something that's a like superhero. It's not super serious. It is that she turns into a green monster. Right. Like that's the thing that she's being hired for. It's not like saying insidious, but it is also like she spent a lot of time being a lawyer and probably went to a good law school and tried really hard. And like, it sucks that an accident she had where she happened to get blood on her is why she's valued by society now. Um And if there's no easy answer, and I think it's nice that it's complicated.
0: Yeah, and and I and I really like that they're continuing to follow along those themes while mixing in all the fun and and good stuff as we go. But uh, Mr. Holloway asks Jen specifically one of the reasons that he wanted to bring her on was to take the case of one Emil Blonsky, aka the Abomination. And Jen is like, ah, I don't know if I want to do that. Not sure about that. Not a thing that I may want to do. It's a conflict of interest. He tried to kill my cousin. It's a, and it's a thing. So Mr. Holloway says, all right, after she, you know, she goes on a little bit. He's like, all all right, if you want this job, you're going to have to take the case, at least see him. So she obviously has to, she obviously has to think about it, but then she eventually, she does go to see Mr. Blonsky and uh, to Rachel's point earlier, we have a brand new abomination. This is not the abomination that we're used to. He's just very. He's just very different. But before I I, I continue that, I did have a note about like Jen going to the the DoDC, and wow, that security got spruced up since Miss Marvel. Let me tell you, because <laughs> the, way, the, the way that the way that those uh, clandestines uh, got out of uh, the DoDC in, in that series was just a... Man, they're, I guess they must have really, uh, you know, put a, a little bit of extra money in that budget. No, that because- was
1: that was the East Coast branch. That was the East Coast branch. The West Coast <laughs> branch, they got all the funding.
0: I mean, my or goodness. Or they're
2: gracious. they're like, wait, hold on, you guys are messing up Jersey. That's fine. This guy messed up Harlem. <laughs> there, that's a different story.
0: Jersey, <laughs> yes,
1: Harlem. Poor,
0: poor, poor Jake. Uh, Jake. Uh, Jake's poor New Jersey. <laughs>
1: i mean i lived in jersey city for two years i love it it was a great place uh you know but i already got all my jersey city jokes out for the six episodes of miss marvel and if there's ever a season two i need to keep some on deck. So let's keep it moving so
0: <laughs> so my my notes on this jen and blonsky scene blonsky seems like a changed person person but i put in brackets bad guys lie blonsky says the serum caused his actions and then i put in brackets bad guys be lying um (laughs) because it's like i just even though he seems so calm and so cool i just feel like this is a sucker's bet just to get out of prison because all villains do stuff like this so jen has to sit and think on this so she calls bruce and they have another fun they have another fun chat but um she asks bruce says like are you cool with me taking the case and bruce seems that bruce says i put the blonsky stuff to bed and it already seems like this is something that you want to do so by all means go ahead and do no, it but I'll, he I'll, says something no he says
2: <laughs> he, wait go ahead says, go ahead Jake.
1: no go, right, go right. ahead Rachel. he
2: yeah. says um it's okay i'm like a completely different person now literally <laughs> commenting right. on the fact that he is not ed norton
0: <laughs> great joke. Great joke. Yeah, right, 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 a,
1: right. Yeah. The MCU very rarely references like you know, metacasting things, and I like when they do. It's always nice.
0: Yes, for sure. And during that during that conversation, we see Bruce's uh because Jen says, Hey, you could come hang out in, in LA anytime, but Bruce says, Hey, I don't know if I'm gonna be coming around anytime soon because he seems to be on that Sakar ship heading back there. To find what we don't know, but we'll worry about that another time. As Jen is 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 ready to take on this uh, Blonsky case, so Jen, is Jen takes the job and she's and she's happy and, ex- and excited to take the job, Mr. Holloway is like, "All right, it, it's going to be great. We're going to have a great time. It's going to be wonderful, and 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 we're looking forward to you taking the case. Just turn on the TV." And then she turns on the TV, and then she sees the events of Shang-Chi as Wong and the Abomination are dueling in that underground fight club uh, hosted by Zhai Ling, and I said to myself, all right, finally we're getting to a place where we answer a question that I've been having since I saw Shang-Chi for the first time. I was like, the hell is Wong doing with the abomination taking him back to the prison and all this other stuff I was just wondering about that um seeing how this kind of plays in Jake what what did you think of how how this of how this uh plays into everything and where we're going
1: so I like it because it it's not overly complicated the explanation of it I mean it's it's convoluted it's not sorry it's not convoluted it's not like it doesn't actually matter that much it's pretty simply just he was there um And I think that it's fun, that it's kind of like... uh, That it is the value of having the interconnected universe, and why... And we talked about this on multiple programs that aren't ours. Why, while I understand the complaints of people who are like, do I really have to watch everything? It's like, honestly... It's the best if you watch everything, because it's awesome that I can see that in Shang-Chi and then see it in Shiel a year later. Like, I like that a lot. I think that that's a feature and not a bug. Um, And so, like, I like being rewarded for paying attention to all the stuff. Um, And like I said, that it it feels like uh, they care to pay it off, but it's not like a huge deal that it happened. It's kind of just like a connecting thing.
0: Yeah, it just happens to be, it just happens to fit into the overall story, but it doesn't detract from the story. Uh, Rachel, what did you think of this cl- This uh, close to the episode?
2: Oh, I, I, I love it. I think, like, uh, go- I I agree with Jake. Like, I like feeling like I'm rewarded because I've watched everything and I know what's going on. Like, I will never get over the feeling of coming out of Endgame and instantly knowing that that was Harley Keener. Like, because my boss was mm-hmm. like, who is that? I was like, it's Harley Keener. It's the kid from Iron Man. Like, and I just knew as soon as I saw his right. face. And so it's like, this made made me feel like that again. Where I'm like, yeah, I remember that. I saw that. Who has questions? I got your answers. That was in Chongxi when they go in. Like, I like having that feeling. And so seeing it in this again was like, yes. There's more that we get to all comment on in future things. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's exciting. Cause it's it, it's just yeah. fun.
0: Oh no, for sure. Like the connectivity aspect of of this, and to Jake's point, as far as like being rewarded, yeah, it does. It does feel like a reward because it's it's always that stuff that um nerds like me will think about, like in terms of just like writing it down. I got this jotted down for later. <laughs> Is this going to mean something at some point? And then it pops up, and it's like, okay, now you you got me a little bit more. I'm already interested in the show and everything that's going on. Now you got something uh, for me to pull on, and then of course that means we get more Wong, and that's really yeah. that's. That's, That's why we tune book. in. That's exactly why we tune Long. in. You think get, about...
1: We... Th- we talked about it before. But think about the glow-up character-wise. From after Infinity War, it was yes. all jokes about Wong leaving, Wong DMP rest, Wong caring more about the sanctum than the humanity. And now the man is the fucking glue that holds this all together. He's everywhere. Yes. Benedict Wong is the hardest working man in show business. And he's just like, he's loving it. He's like, you know what? I could have just been a character actor in some British films occasionally for the rest of my life. But now I'm in all the biggest things in the world. I'm world famous. My life is awesome. And shouts to you, man. You Every
2: time me. he speaks and is British, I assume that man is from like New York. And yeah. every time he speaks and he's like... Hello, I'm Benedict Wong, or however he wants to say his name. I'm truly like, I forget you're British. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm like, I forget you're British every single time. And it throws me for a loop. I'm like, he's our greatest actor, because I forget every time. Because I'm like, nah, this guy grew up in upstate. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I, I, I've <laughs> talked about it before. But it's really astounding that if you watch his career, he was like kind of like a very nervy character actor who is relatively thin, and then he took on the role for Netflix's Marco Polo, playing Genghis Khan, and he gained like 150 pounds, which is inadvisable. And I do appreciate that you can see over the MCU, he's slowly losing the weight again, and he's slowly he's just getting better. He's looking better and better as every movie comes on. Not, I mean, not that there's there's not that a bad. Not
2: gonna
1: no there there's isn't. not a bad isn't but i would say with hair and at his like current size because even when he was really skinny back in like sunshine he was a little too twitchy but like now i feel like he's aged oh, yeah. into like he's aged into like sunshine. a good look and he, I mean, he's great in sunshine uh incredibly underrated movie uh but he i just feel like he's at his peak wong now and we're we're living in the wong essence and i feel like we should yes. really appreciate it as it's happening
0: the one the wangassan. So oh, you better watch out, Beyonce. They're coming for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Don't say that. Don't say
1: that. I, I'll, I'll have I'll have problems with almost any fandom in the world. I am not not digging those problems. Do not put that on
0: me. Oh, don't worry. You know how many times I tweeted how I can't stop listening to that damn Renaissance album? Oh my god. It's you know how many times I've tweeted about Beyonce
1: ever? Never because I don't really listen to her music and I don't want to make people mad. <laughs>
0: Oh, maybe you shouldn't
1: have said that part then. Oh, yeah, you
2: God. should. That is no. when you keep <laughs> that <thing is,
1: laughs> oh. anyone who knows, anyone who knows the music that I like grew up on, and like I still just like it holds the biggest part of my heart. You don't want to be like I grew up on like mid two thousands rock music is not. It's like that's my the ugliest part of my personality is the music where I'm like hell yeah this brings back memories. Uh, anyway, uh, well that'll be a Patreon pod. Jake goes through his playlist and gets made fun of.
0: Yeah, why not? Why not? Well, yeah. well, well, and that that will definitely be a, a bug and not a feature. Um. <laughs> so as, oh, as so as we yeah. close the episode, we get we get another post credit scene. This time, uh, a a little bit of, of fun hijinks here as as uh, Jen's dad basically makes her do everything around the house, and mm-hmm. she's picking up she's picking up them water jugs. Which, those as so anybody heavy. knows, know if, if you yeah. pick up, I I pick, yeah, I I be getting them. Just one of those things. We are, had uh we a had one rough. of those
1: growing up. It is a problem, and then the thing we have to, you have to put them on, but then not spill it, and you have to. It's like they ha- how do they not come with better technology? You know what I mean? Like you spill it every. time. I don't time. understand
2: why you can't just open the top and just refill it with like like it. I, they don't make any sense it's
0: questions. a whole thing you gotta make the do the connection and it's just yeah, uh, I, know,
2: yeah. I know all that I'm saying whoever created them didn't think it
1: through
0: no, now, and then we've
2: just when, never
1: gone back. Now, when you grow up in Florida, they're a godsend because the Florida tap water is gross, and it really like New York. I'm, we're spoiled. You can just go to the tap, delicious, good. But man, Florida is real clutch. When you go to someone's house and you're like, "Hey, I'm gonna get a glass of water," and they just like pour it under the sink, you're like, I ah, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna head out. I'm gonna. My mom's gotta pick me up. Sorry." <laughs>
0: It. So, <laughs> and and the main thing about this scene is, again, Jen's cousin being such a bro and being so useless, but yet he's he makes sure that he tells, well, you know, you should probably change the tire this way, or you should probably lift the, the thing this way, or maybe you should do it this way in particular. Uh, I, I love annoying characters because it, it's just sometimes they're incredibly funny, and Jennifer's cousin continues in that same vein. But we are... Two episodes through She Hulk, I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm digging it so far. I'm I'm, I'm really enjoying question? it. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Do does it pass the FG? Is it is it does it get the FG rating? Are they cooking with uh, a little bit of you know?
0: I, I I say the fish the fish grease is, is coming mm-hmm. out. I think the fish grease they're cooking grease with fish grease. Officially? they are cooked. Okay. They are. I feel like I feel like, like they that's the thing
1: we need to make official. We need to make that official. That you AC is like two thumbs up is. And now we go to AC, the cooking with fish grease.
0: (laughs) Oh my goodness. Two episodes in. I I, I feel very good about the tone of this show. I feel very good about obviously Tatiana and all of the characters around her. We'll get more into Nikki as the series goes on and we'll Mm -hmm. get into more of the other stuff. Excited to see what Wong has in store for us and the abomination and just Jen going through lawyer stuff throughout, throughout this whole thing. And everything around this show so far, and and I've and I've said this the first two episodes, it does feel fresh. I feel like I'm watching something like completely new. It doesn't feel stale at all. It's just like you you're dropped into this world, and they're just having a lot of fun, and you can tell that the characters are having a lot of fun too, uh, throughout the show so far. So, Rachel, if you can give us, like, how do you how are you feeling through two episodes about this show, and and where it's going for you?
2: Um, I love it. I think. It's so much fun. It's It reminds me of, like, my favorite shows are Mike Schur, um mm-hmm. like, his mm-hmm. documentaries, but also just, like, Mike Sure shows in general. Um, I love, like, a workplace comedy. I think they're so much mm-hmm. fun. And this has a lot of beats like that, mainly because, like, oh, the majority of the show, she is at work being a yeah. lawyer. So it reminds me a lot of, like, and maybe it's just because Tatiana Maslany was in Parks and Rec, which is my favorite show. But I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, I forget how funny and, like, quirky she can be. And the show just reminds me of that. And I'm like, I just like it a lot. And I am really excited to see where the show's going. I'm excited. I Again, I just can't wait to see how Matt Murdock is going to be into this show. Yes. Like, it's just fascinating to me. I'm like, what's he going to do? Like, what is... Because he's in the Daredevil suit, so you don't even know if it's Matt. Like, it, it could just be Daredevil in Los Angeles. But I'm assuming, like, he's going to head up the, like, New York branch of this. And so that's why, like, I don't know. I'm just excited about everything that the show is promising. I love how easy it feels. It's yeah. just... I like that the stakes are both high for Jen, but not so high that I am nervous mm-hmm. about characters I know and love. Like, it's just easy to watch and uh yeah this is definitely one like i'll just re-watch all the time because i think it's fun mm-hmm.
0: yeah you keep you keep mentioning matt murdoch you've mentioned these I these two episodes wait. listen i think anybody who's like a real fan of those netflix daredevil things and i know people have their quibbles with the netflix shows but i will tell you charlie cox um i loved his character i loved what he did um i'm when i saw him in spider-man no way home it was just it was so great to see him back that he's back in this universe now we got him in the og red and yellow suit to start things off so i'm curious like you said rachel how how he's gonna weave in with jen what that's gonna look like or Them back and forth in court should be fun. I, 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 man, you get you got me uh, excited even more. What again? It brought the nerd out in me. So yeah, for sure, I'm excited for that. And and Jake, through two episodes, man, how you feeling?
1: It's just it is exactly the tone I wanted it to be, and I we keep going back to that. But it is like while I really like the MCU house tone, one of the complaints about the MCU that i can't shrug off is that a lot of the stuff totally is the same like that is the thing that i think is completely valid criticism and i've been kind of frustrated with the ways that they disney plus shows sometimes haven't taken advantage of their ability to move away from that and this feels just like a completely complete breath of fresh air um and it's just i i just i agree with um with rachel about rewatching it and it feels like a show that you might that you could rewatch episodes without having to rewatch the whole thing. Whereas, like, I'm not going to be like, Yeah, let me just fire up episode three of Loki. Like, you got to watch all of them. And, you know, not that I won't watch all of them again. That was awesome. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited to just see how it all ends. And I'm excited that there's nine episodes of it, baby. It's not going to be rushed, hopefully. I mean, lowing them, but still some will be rushed. But, uh, hopefully it won't be rushed.
0: No, and, and listen, uh, this, this She Hulk train is, is a moving. Rachel. It's been a pleasure to have you on these two episodes. So much fun to talk to you.
2: Thank you you so Uh, much for having me.
0: Yes, and please tell the good people where we can find your work and where we can follow you.
2: You can follow my work at The Mary Sue. Um, I have a podcast called Padro Pascal, where we go through the filmography of actor Pedro Pascal. You can follow me on Twitter at Rachel Leishman and on Instagram at Rachel underscore Leishman.
1: Yeah, I feel like go. Pedro Pascal doesn't have that big of a filmography, so I imagine—is it like how much of it?
2: Oh, a more... lot of it's TV. So we split, okay, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. okay. so we did like—that's what I figured—an uh, episode of like The Mandalorian with someone. We did like the first two episodes oh, of Narcos, okay. and we're doing like split stuff. And then, like, did you cover he's done his, theater. Uh, so
1: his Vanity Fair lie detector thing, in which he licked down the oh, barrel um, and said, the... "I'm your daddy." Did you cover oh, that? Oh,
2: you mean the one where he calls us out?
1: Yes. He's asked I mean, about the yes. podcast. Oh, right. It. Right, he is, yes. <laughs> that I, I remember that, but I remember that we clipped, because it was right after we did, Uh, right no, right before we did our MCU Daddy's 2022 pod, he said, Daddy's a state of mind. Mm-hmm. I'm your daddy. And so, I completely forgot he mentioned you, but yes, Padre Pascal, you guys are killing it. Um, yes. no, nah, the best that, in everything. Nah. You, he's got, you good got, in so many like dog shit yeah. movies, too, which is great. I, mean, no, I just this we was... we're
2: doing Triple Frontier next again. It's for well, the second time.
1: Mean? Uh because I, I I hope you don't mean that that's a dog shit movie. I no, I love great. Triple Frontier. Okay, Triple gotcha. Frontier is
2: one of my that guy is directing Craven, and so all I wanted was I'm aware. for I mean, Pedro yeah, Pascal I to be Craven the Hunter. Um and I was campaigning for it, but it didn't happen. <laughs> but it's fine. I like Aaron Taylor Johnson. Name,
1: but... <laughs> his name in that in Triple Frontier is Catfish, which is just great. It just makes me so happy.
2: His name is Frankie Catfish Morales. I know all of their names. I'm obsessed with that movie. I don't know Oh my
1: God. Just like, just some of Ben Affleck's lines. One of his lines, which I remember from the trailer, which is like, remember, we won't be walking in with the flag on our back, which is like, one of like the greatest, (laughs) like special ops movie shit. Oh Oh, yeah.
2: The best line is, Garrett Hedlund (laughs) burns money and goes, looks at Ben Affleck and goes, this is my fuck you money. And he's just burning it in front of him. And it is like, I was like, it's such Great, a I, mean, I don't
1: care. It's a power move to cast Garrett Hedlund and Charlie Hunnam as brothers when they when they're like interchangeable in so many things. It's just like no, they're yeah, both women. The brothers.
2: Yeah, I I I rewatched it today and was like, that was a smart move, putting those two as brothers specifically. Is, so have you, you seen like, *Not Trouble
1: Frontier*?
0: I don't know. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, so you're gonna have to give me a it plot was a thing because I made
1: Netflix movie it. with Ben Affleck, Oscar. Oh epic.
0: yeah, yes, yes. I have, I have, I have, I have, I have, I have. I yeah. certainly have. Because I was thinking when you said Triple Front, and this is how you know, like over the pandemic, you watch so many movies that you almost kind of like forget about. But then I was like, oh yeah, the robbery that went awry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where, yeah where
2: he's going and... to fly over the fucking andes man <laughs> it's just like there's so many quotes in that movie that you're like i don't know why i remember this quote but i remember uh, just like, that, that, movie that line is just
1: like man and when I, what i was specifically thinking about too was like i watched for some reason i watched the dog shit netflix judd apatow movie the bubble which I, I loved I, I, the bubble <laughs> I didn't like it at all. <laughs> no offense. It's fine. Sorry. I think it's, I, but I thought Pedro Pascal was incredible in it. And I thought oh, so yeah. much of it was like, oh, but Pedro Pascal is just like in his own planet on that movie. And it's like, hell yeah, man. He doesn't. When
2: he stop. dies, dies in quotation mm-hmm. marks in the bathtub. I was like, this is the greatest bit of acting I've ever seen in a movie. Cause it is like the funniest sequence of events of them trying to revive him. Then mm-hmm. just going up, oh, he's dead time of death. And then they don't like do anything. And this guy. I mean, the bit fine. with him and
1: Daisy Ridley is just like that's what oh, yeah? movie making was created for. I'll just leave it at that. Um But anyway, so you can follow me at the J Christie. Keep it
0: yes, yes. Now I feel like I feel like this. If you're trying to listen to Padro Pascal, this is kind of like the perfect <laughs> intro. If you're trying to do that, so make sure. You I got. I, I got to. I,
1: I have not listened to it, admittedly, and I don't know why because it's exactly at my alley. I love movie podcasts. No, now that, that I very, know about very this, song, aim.
0: yeah, I'm a, uh, yeah, gonna. Listen, i to listen. My- like.
2: We also have a segment called Stash of the Week where we rate our favorite mustaches of him because Mm. he has a really good mustache. And so we always try and pick different pictures, but
1: Uh, it's chaos. I'm partial to the one of him and Oscar Isaac in the Wired Auto Complete interview. But anyway, continue, AC.
0: No, this is great (laughs) stuff, but you can follow me. At, on twitter at, at anthony canton underscore three follow the show at MC university pod make sure you rate review subscribe that whole nine yards five star five star five star are you gonna be a hater we don't wanna we don't want you to be a hater so five star the podcast and of course we have a patreon patreon.com slash MC university pod appreciate the support from everybody appreciate rachel for joining us once again we definitely gonna have her back on the show at some point uh we like welcoming all fun people to our wacky world (laughs) so rachel welcome to our wacky world so for so for rachel and jake i'm anthony canton the third this is marvel cinematic university and we will talk to you next time